Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. I mean, if I even look over my shoulder, the dangerous stuff in my studio right here. And hold on, I'm gonna grab it. Uh-oh. Oh, God. All the dangerous stuff Ugh. that I could have as I'm oh. holding up a CRC brake clean, clean <laughs> brake parts cleaner. This is the flammable one, but it's the strongest brake clean formula available. And your lungs love you for it. That needs to be stored, not attached to your home. Do not attach oh, that uh, to your home. Oh, this is attached to my home. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, contains tetracycline, carbon dioxide. Yeah, oh, wow, there's words on here I can't even <laughs> I can't even pronounce. Tetracycline, that's an antibiotic. He's obviously yeah. not an indoor air quality professional. It's around the house. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B. And it's fun to say that. Welcome to the show, Caroline. We're going to talk a bunch of different stuff today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Hi, guys. How's everybody doing today? Doing great. You've got your name up on the marquee now. I love this. Woohoo! First show, first official. First official. Absolutely. We are starting off on a new journey, and I absolutely love this. It's been kind of funny this last week. I started diving into a little bit of around the house, and, you know, it's been going for, what, 33 years from what I can tell so far, and I'm the fourth host of it, and now you're in here as well, but it's been interesting. I had a guy, Dave, reach out. He was the original guy that was the board up for around the house back in the day and uh, back in the 80s and 90s <laughs> and uh, we might slide him into the show just a little bit sometime just for nostalgia's sake we might have him do some liners because he's got uh, tell you what he's got that vintage old school radio voice which i absolutely love and there's something cool about sliding somebody from generation one of around the house back into the show a little bit and he's got old school around the house stories history is always exactly good. Yeah, it's always good. Well, I wanted to talk about a bunch of different stuff. I know you and I are going to talk about summer concerts a little bit. I want to talk about as well this whole huge story because I've had so many questions coming in about the uh, Florida apartment building that sadly, you know, partially collapsed last week. That so reminds me of 9-11. I did not like it at all, especially being from New York, New Jersey metro area, so... Yeah, not not a good yeah, situation yeah, and I wanna, to rescue people either. I, no kidding. I want to talk a little bit about that today because it's just one of those things that so many people have questions that how did this, you know, fairly new, you know, 40 years old building end up being this way? And I've got some answers for that. And we're not going to speculate on the details of that because that's what's the, what the authorities are going to do. But looking back and at some of the news stories that I found, there's some there's some tells 
that kind of tell us what we should be doing with buildings across the United States and maybe ones that we're living in now that we should be paying attention to. So there's some warning signs that I think, generally speaking, that we should be talking about just for people to know that are living in these types of buildings that they should know, especially when you're near water or salt water, those kind of things. Right. And a lot of, you know, it's just you know, something I don't, to be careful with. I don't know specifics on it, but I know that, you know, ground movement, we're seeing a lot of that happening um, just from d- various climate change and, you know, different geographical areas that are being altered because of water and, and different storm structure, storms that come in and they change, you know, the ground and, and how things are um, positioned. So it's important. Well, there's news reports that I saw, um, like in the New York Post and some places like that, that I'd call credible news sources that there's an engineering firm that was there in the 90s that said that that building was sinking into the sand there about a millimeter a year in the 90s. Hmm. And what was causing the sinking? You know, typically, and again, that'll that'll be the authorities will have to tell on that. Usually when something is sinking into the sand like that, you've got some either changing conditions at the site or you've got a building that wasn't designed for the load that's on it and so the footings weren't either deep enough, big enough, or fastened down into the bedrock. You know, if you watch a building, a high-rise building here in my area be built, they put pilings down into the bedrock and they fasten it into the bedrock. Right. So that there's not, you know, there's just that just that big hunk of rock down there that they hook into. So there's no way for that building to sink, right? And yeah. if they just built this on footings and sand, and again, we don't know these, and I'm not going to speculate on whether it was or it wasn't, but for exactly. it to be sinking, something has to be moving underneath it. And that's traditionally not bedrock, right? So scary. Like, I can't even imagine being in that yeah, building. And, and I think there's still 99 people missing. Have they accounted for anybody? It's hard I to say. Left. I can't. I, I got to follow back up on the reports. I don't know how many people there are right now because it's been changing all week long. But long story short with that, what I'm worried about is that there were tells back there. So first off, I think we've got to change some building codes out there. For instance, in this area of Florida, for their high-rise buildings, they have a policy that says every 40 years, they do a structural inspection of the building. And Mm -hmm. I think it should probably be either 10 or 20 years, especially when you're dealing with hurricanes and salt water and things like that that I think could really be because there was a lawsuit as reported by the uh, the New York Post in 2015, where a resident sued the condo association for failing to fix cracks in the outside wall of the unit, and uh, NBC News was the original reporter just for for you to for me to cite where this was coming from, because I'm not into speculation on these things. But this was a fifteen thousand dollar lawsuit, basically saying that they hadn't fixed these structural defects and there was water coming into her condo. Mm-hmm. Well, that tells me a lot of things because anytime, and I've got a lot of experience with concrete, anytime that you've got broken concrete, especially near salt water, that salt water is going to get in there. She said there was water damage, most likely that salt water around there. And so that's just going to eat at the steel. So we've already got structural defects that were, you know, to me at least concerning on this building all the way back in, in 2016, actually 2015. But to me, that has to be going on a while before that homeowner or the condo owner has to turn around and sue somebody. So that's probably even before that. 100%. Exactly. You know, Caroline, it's interesting. Every day new information comes out on this building. But, uh, you know, as the days goes on and, and 
maybe hope for survivors is is getting a little more bleak we're seeing a lot of job site pictures coming out of there of kind of what maybe the potential problems could be with this building and they were pretty epic yeah especially that pool and the collapse of the pool and the pool seeming to give way to the garage would seem to knock out the supports and then you know of course uh, now um, more people are missing and they have to move so slowly because it's you know such heavy debris and they said there's these pockets where people can be living, but you can't go and disturb it in a dramatic way because people could really get hurt if there are survivors. So it's just a, an awful situation. Very, uh, uh, It's a reminder of 9-11. And I, I actually don't like seeing it because it just brings back a lot of memories being from the New York metro area. I can't imagine. I mean, it's, you know, looking at that building, how it came down. And, you know, as we said earlier, clearly we've got to come up with some better solutions for this kind of stuff. Uh, there's no excuse for this kind of building collapse in the United States when we have, you know, we, we just really need to take a look at some better laws and stuff out there to make sure that our building departments are inspecting these older buildings, especially when you've got water from a pool, you've got seawater, you've got mm -hmm. hurricanes. I think we need to, to, to really give that a hard thought. And as history yep. goes... Well, the other thing, too, if we didn't learn something from 9-11 was that, you know, all these responders and people who are in there, whether it's an engineer, you really have to be masked up and protecting yourself. And I saw a lot of video, believe it or not, where people were not wearing respirators and I can't believe it. So, you know, you need to be wearing this protective gear. I mean, we know that you can get mesothelioma, asbestos, um, all kinds of chronic lung disease from, you know, there's fiberglass, particulate, silica dust, I mean, PVC, all of the stuff that when it's in that condition, it really can get into your lungs. So I, I pray that these guys really wear masks and respirators because I see, you know, I, I've seen it on TV that they're, they're not masked up. Not everybody is. Anyway. You're going to see a lot of the same firefighter health issues in New York that you saw after the fact with this, if they're not careful. 100%. Ah, it's so sad. Well, hopefully, you know, like the Towery Inferno in the 70s, Many times these building disasters end up changing how we look at construction moving forward. So there's nothing we can do to put that building right back up and, and save, you know, people from having to go through this. But I think this should be our canary in the coal mine. hundred percent. Maybe get us to relook at things. And especially buildings where there were storms. And, you know, unfortunately, because of global change, whether you believe it or not, I happen to be a proponent and believe that our, you know, our, our climate is changing. These are creating such impacts on our building from humidity to storms, to earthquakes, to smoke. And we really have to start thinking about how we can build with these conditions because we never did. I mean, you're, you're a perfect yeah. example. I mean, you have 118 degrees now in Oregon. I mean, that's unheard of, right? So the fact of the matter is, yeah. how is your building positioned to deal with such heat and humidity? No question. Yeah, we just broke our all-time record. Our all-time record in Portland was 107. I think we hit 118 this last week. And Insane. of all time in the in the history of Portland, it's never been that hot. So I don't think there's a debate on whether, I think the debate that other people are making, and that's not what we address in the show, I think the debate is what's causing it. Um, I don't think there's any debate on that we're dealing with it. So yeah. when it comes to buildings, we've got to be able to deal with it correctly. And there's a lot to be learned with this kind of stuff to make sure that we can stop. We should be able to stop this from happening again. How do we do that? That's what the debate's going to be moving forward. We'll be right back after these important messages. And don't forget to look for the giveaway coming up in this or next hour. Around the House will be right back after these important messages. 
Hey, it's Eric G with Around the House. Are you looking to grow your business? Need a spokesperson for your company? Maybe an MC for an upcoming trade show? Or maybe you want to up your game and shoot some promotional videos? My team of experts would love to chat with you. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and fill out the contact us form, and we'll set something up. Thanks for listening to Around the House. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G. And Caroline B. All right, we're back in the studio here having a good time. Happy 4th of July weekend, everybody. Woo-hoo. This is a fun one. Woohoo! It's like we're free. We've, in Oregon, we're, our lockdowns have ended. Uh, it's it's like I'm, out on, I'm not on work release anymore. I can actually go out and have fun. It's concert season. And New York is free. And we've got good concerts coming. GNR. What do you coming. got coming? Come on. I'm going to see Guns N' Roses. Mammoth is opening. And for those of you who don't know, Ooh. Mammoth is Eddie Van Halen's son, Wolfgang. Touring. Ah, that is going to be so good. We've got so, so many good concerts up here. We've got, uh, I want to see, I actually want to see that one because that's one of the only bands in the 80s and 90s that I have not seen is is Guns N' Roses. And it's Come one on. of those bands that I got to go check out. It's on my bucket list of, to check. Come there on, you got go. Come on, people. <laughs> There's nothing better. There you go. Eric Absolutely. and I had that conversation about how, I mean, that song changed my life and changed his too. Oh, you got to tell him your story yep. about how you broke that record. It was funny. So we had, I, this was back in my days at KTCV 88.1 FM in Kennewick, Washington. <laughs> and we got the 45 demo for Guns N' Roses and we played it and we wore that thing out. Now this is before their big album. This was just the demo that came out. And uh, even got to do a uh, on-air interview with them when nobody knew who they were, and that was super cool. That was so amazing. That's like, oh my god, that's amazing. I just remember that was being in high a- school. Well, I was. I don't want to date myself, but I was a freshman in high school, and I heard that song come on, and I the moment I heard it, I stayed up all night long. I remember being in a basement, sleeping over you know a friend's house, staying up all night to hear it again. Like I just had to hear it. It just nice. blew my mind. Oh, the memories. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I, I, last time, I, a couple times ago, my buddy Justin, who's a good friend of mine, he used to play drums in the Hollywood Roses cover band before Guns N' Roses got back together. Mm-hmm. And so I got to hang out with him. Um, my buddy Scotty and I went down there and met up, and uh, they were playing the Whiskey A Go-Go. So got to oh. watch them play a sold out show at the whiskey and hung out, hanging out That's in the green room. One of my room, favorite cocktails. places on earth. Oh, the whiskey is oh, one of my favorite places. So on earth. good. I can't wait to get back to Los Angeles. And I've got some friends that were due for a concert in LA. Oh yeah. So. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. So that's going to be a good time, but yeah, we've got a big cover band scene here in Portland and, uh, uh, they had to cancel the big, 
what was going to be the outdoor music fest that we have here, what they call hair fest. Cause it's really? all hair band cover bands, but how awesome is uh, that? That's, that's going to happen next year, but that's my uh, they're doing every weekend. <laughs> yeah. Every weekend they got a thing going. So it's going to be awesome. They've got uh, at a uh, bar out in Canby or something that they've got a uh, two bands playing each weekend. There's two bands playing out there at their outdoor venue. So I'm like, all right, going to start doing the weekend, uh, the weekend cover band stuff. They're so going to have a good. white snake cover band. That's, that's my, that's awesome. Oh, they've got them all. I mean, it's crazy how many how many bands they've got. It's everything from Beastie Boys to Duran Duran to White Snake to Journey to all those bands are just covered. So it's really good. You gotta well, hey, let's get back to home improvement because <laughs> you and I could sit here and make this a a music, music show, show very easily. <laughs> but uh, you know, we were talking about you know what causes buildings to collapse and what you should be looking for because you know. The Champlain Towers have been in everybody's mind, you know, in Surfside. And I just think that we've got to really look at things a little bit differently. And I think it's going to come up to us locally. This is a local thing. I don't think this is going to be one of those big federal government things, but I think this is going to be something that our local building departments are going to have to figure out how to navigate, you know. Yeah. And if you're in that coastal area, that that, uh, you know, gets the hurricanes, gets the the water, that gets all that stuff. I mean, we here get tons of water. We have get earthquakes. Whatever they are, we need to have some things that really trigger an inspection cycle. And I'll be the last guy to go waving the flag around saying I want more government intervention, but we've got to have some stuff that's really watching health, safety, and welfare here because there's all these signs that say that there were problems with this building beforehand and it literally seems to have slipped through the cracks mm-hmm. and not been taken care of. And, you know, it's, it happens more than we think. It gets caught. I mean, there was that tower in, uh, in Las Vegas that they built three quarters of the way up and went, oh, my gosh, the construction defects were so bad that they had to tear it down before it was finished. Yeah. And, uh, you know, right over there kind of by the Cosmopolitan. And they just tore that down a few years ago. It was half built. And they're like, whoa, got to stop. Obviously, this building here had some serious issues for it just to fall down on its own, and they're going to have to figure out what those conditions were that caused it, and that's for those guys to figure out. But I just really want to make sure that people that are paying attention to this, that are concerned about their buildings, when in doubt, bring that engineer in to get it taken care of. And houses, and houses too, you know, people like to ignore the basement all the time. I mean, Eric knows I've looked at 30,000 houses in my career and I often see people ignore structural defects, ignore water damage, ignore leaking oil tanks because it's in a basement and they think that, well, if they somehow don't acknowledge it, it's going to go away. So it's really important when you do see these things to really step up to the plate and take some action because they don't typically go away and the problem ends up getting a lot worse. Yeah. And we come back, I want to tell a quick story about that because it was a house that I inspected probably three years ago. And there was a void under the entire foundation from water infiltration. Mm. We'll have that story coming up in the next segment. And don't forget, we've got that giveaway coming up. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. You've been listening to Around Around the the House.
this is Farewell Angelina. And you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G. And Caroline B. You got it. That's just so new. I love it. Welcome to the show. Well, we've been talking. Well, first off, I was teasing a story beforehand. And this is one of those things that, that I saw years ago that was a structural defect that people are living in the house. And kind of to your point, Caroline, people don't realize what's going on in the basements, right? Mm-hmm. They just, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And if probably someone heard me tell this story last year, but I was down in somebody's basement of this 1920s farmhouse. It was a really cool farmhouse. Been there forever. And they had installed in one of these kind of drain gutter systems that I'm not a huge fan of. So what they do is they go around the house of the perimeter of the basement. They come in about six inches. Like a French drain. So people know, like a sort of like a French drain, but this has got a weird caveat. It does. So they cut out the the concrete and this gutter system goes down in its place. And let's say it's six inches wide, just so people can visualize easily visualize. And it goes around the perimeter and it drains into the into a sump where the sump pump would be. And there's holes in the bottom. And if water comes down off the walls onto the floor, it catches it there as well. I'm not a fan of these for two reasons. One, because I like to have a full concrete floor in a basement because that concrete is also pushing, keeping it's, you know, it's locking in the mm-hmm. bottom of that wall. So in theory, if you had some weight on the outside of that, or you had something, you know, like seismic, that wall could kick in because it could crush the gutter. And now you've kicked the wall out six inches until it hits mm-hmm. that. So that's a concern to me. But the big concern on this one was this guy had put in four different sump pumps over the years because Dirt was coming into that whole sump system through the French drain and burning up these pumps. And to burn up a pump from dirt, these were high-quality cast iron pumps. It's a lot of dirt. Well, I got out my inspection camera. I got one of those cool little Milwaukee (laughs) inspection cameras. I go down to the wall, and I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I go around the entire wall because I could get in there. There was no dirt under the foundation wall around the outside of the house. There was about, a, on average, a 12 by 12 void That's under insane. directly underneath the foundation wall. So the only thing holding up the house was the tension of the dirt on the outside of the foundation. Now, how did the dirt just, was it just pulling it up? It was, it was, was it because of pressurization? How was the dirt becoming part of the water and then coming down? I mean, because obviously when the, when the gutter wasn't there, it would just be depositing water typically. So how was the dirt getting deposited up and becoming part of the whole system like that? So what they had is that there were large enough holes in this gutter system and around it that the water was traveling and like water does, it was eroding the dirt around there, just like a river takes down a bank. But the holes were big enough. It was, but were they coming through the block? Like, was the dirt coming through the block to get captured in it? I mean, that's what I'm trying to get figure out how it was coming. It was, yeah, it was coming through between the wall and the foundation. Okay. 
and the, the foundation wall and the floor, and it was coming around the gutter system where it was, so it was coming through there. So it was just washing the soil mm. year after year. Crazy. It was creating muddy water, and when the mud created, it, it, took, it just took more. And you go, okay, that would have really damaged the house if it would have fallen 12 inches. Well, that's only half the problem. The center of the beam of the house, you know, there's that beam that goes down the middle in a lot of these old 1920s houses. Mm -hmm. There's two posts in the basement. Those were in great shape. So what would have happened is, is the outside walls would have dropped a complete foot, <laughs> but the center of the house wouldn't have. So it would have shoved up basically via force. If it all went at once, it would have shoved up the middle floor of the house 12 inches. Insane. And that would have destroyed that house. Oh, my God. Was this put in um, as an afterthought? So was this a system that had gone in? Yeah, this was something that was put in probably in the, oh, 20, I think the installation date was around 20, 2008, 2010 mm -hmm. in there. And it was a solution to a water problem. And this is where you got to be careful with this stuff because it can water can cause structural damage. And that's kind of where this is wrapping in because what happens is with this one is they should have done a perimeter exterior French drain right. to collect the water. So it wasn't even coming in. That way you gave the place for the water to go. And if there was any sinkhole action or you were moving dirt, it's going to happen outside the structure, inside not inside structure. the structure. 100%. Crazy. So it was just, it was the wrong, it was the wrong solution for a big problem. And I, I looked at the guy and said, um, because I was with a foundation company at the time, and I went, they can't help you. You need an attorney because you're going to have to pump in. You're going to have to pump in grout, or you're going to have to. I mean, I I couldn't tell you all the stuff that was going to have to be done to that. I advise that they called an attorney, move out of the house, and, and stay someplace safe because I don't know what's going to happen with that. All it takes is a 3.0 or a 4.0 earthquake that could happen at any time, and your house is going to fall a foot, and that's not going to be a good situation. Now, water is the the evil of a home, and I try to explain that to my clients all the time. Water d can do tremendous damage. It is the worst, and you always have to be vigilant about it coming in, which brings us to our contest and you got our, our interview. We have a, yeah, we've got a killer contest Ooh, coming contest up. Contest time. We're going to knock July out of the park, right? Yep. We're going to bring you guys, you, you got this, a chance to win something pretty amazing from April Air, this week's interview. You got it. And, oh my gosh. So you got us turn into the second hour of the show here because we are going to talk more about this. I can't give it away. And can't give it away. Can't give it away, but I, uh, well, we're going to give it away, <laughs> but we're going to talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> we're going to give it away. So you got to pay attention to this because, I mean, we gave out some tools here earlier last year. That was great. This is so much better than that. And uh, you're going to want to stay tuned to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B because there's going to be a lot more giveaways in our future. We're just working out the details with a few people right now. This one here is going to be one of the better ones that I've seen, so I'm super stoked about that. This is going to be ridiculously cool. I wish I could win it. That's how yeah, cool this is. I want to win is. one. I'm an indoor air quality professional. I should be able to win the prize. <laughs> hint, 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 hint. It's something for good air. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. So you got it. Stay tuned for that one. So anyway, that's just one of the things that I wanted to talk about just structurally, just to pay attention to this kind of stuff and make sure that you pay attention because there might not be people, you know what I mean, that are, that are paying attention for you. So make sure that you've got that kind of stuff 
dialed in. You know, you watch out for your own stuff because that's going to be a really, really big deal. Really big deal. It's up to you to watch your house, your your stuff, just to get that dialed in. 100%. You know, Caroline, I'm looking forward to concert season. We're talking about that earlier. It's, it's in my head. I'm There are so many big concert things that I want to go out and take a look at because, I mean... Who do you want to see? There are I mean, outdoor venue concerts that I'm just dying for. Who do you want to see? Or who's your big one to see coming out of the pandemic? You know, there's one that's coming here to Seattle that I'm going to go get tickets to. Uh, and Julie might have already gotten them. It's uh, Dropkick Murphys mm. and uh, Rancid playing in Seattle. Nice. That's one that I've got to go see. Those are two ones that I just absolutely love in my in my rock, punk rock stuff. But there's some... There's some concerts that are the big outdoor European style festivals that are happening the that are happening here in the U.S. That I'm just like, oh man, I don't know if I could uh, do a four day outdoor festival, but I'd love to give it a shot. Well, you know, they're doing a lot of these festivals too because they back in the day they had a lot of these big bands, if you would, that could actually you know hold stadiums, right, and basically draw a stadium crowd. And now, unfortunately, because there yeah. or fortunately because there is so much content with music it's getting a lot more diversified. So they're having these concerts where they're bringing in lots of bands to fill one of these venues, you know, so you're going to see all of these festivals where you've got 20, 30 bands all scheduled to play for days because to draw an audience, they have to kind of piecemeal it from everybody. Cause it's hard to find people who can like fill an audience anymore because it's so diversified, I think. Absolutely. So, um, absolutely. Unless you're like, no, nah, it's cool. It's cool. You, you don't count my music. Like I'm a Justin Bieber believer. Isn't that? That's okay. I like. I'm okay. a Bieber fan. Nothing wrong with that. So with my GNR, I don't. <laughs> I don't discriminate. I like all kinds of music. So I am. Uh, you and I are both that very... way. You and I are both that way. We're gonna have to go out to break here in a minute, but I want to talk about here when we come back two different things. I wanted to talk about had a great listener question that just popped in that is about when do you tip mm. that delivery person yeah. with home improvement projects? That's a good one. You know, that's a good one right there. <laughs> and then I wanted to dive into one of your hot subjects about really what are the most unhealthy things that you're bringing into your home that maybe you're going to the store, the home improvement store that you're bringing home. What are you bringing home that's really bad for you that you don't even know <laughs> is bad for you? Everything. <laughs> Everything, right? That's your low-hanging fruit <laughs> right there. Now, don't go anywhere. We're going to be giving away an air purifier later on in today's show, either this episode or the next one coming up just after this. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you follow us over to roundthehouseonline.com. That's where you're going to sign up for this. So you can head over there, jump over there, listen for the code word coming up later in the show today. And when you get that, jump over there and sign up to win. It's just that easy. Move around the house just after these important messages. Today's indoor air quality tip is brought to you by Pyramid Heating and Cooling and PyramidHeating.com. When was the last time you changed your air filter? Do you have pets? Your indoor air quality is directly affected by the amount of pollution you're bringing indoors. Pets, open windows, maybe a dirty crawl space or basement, or lack of ventilation in your kitchen can all load up that air filter. 
Always check your system and make sure you're using the correct filter that the system was designed for. You know, those cheap one-inch air filters are meant to protect your system and not take out indoor air pollution. Basic HVAC systems might need their filter changed every month, or if you have something more high-tech like my system, it could be every nine months to a year. I recommend that you get your best filter you can afford as the better filters take out more pollutants out of your indoor air. To thrive in the great indoors, visit PyramidHeating.com, Oregon CCB 593A2. That's PyramidHeating.com. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G. And Caroline B. Man, we are back at it. Make sure you hit us up and follow us on social media, but really... Subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to us on the radio or even the podcast, make sure that you subscribe. That way you're notified when the new content comes up and you can catch us every single time. That way, if you're out running around on a weekend and you miss the show, you could always get it. And then, of course, we have our website, which is aroundthehouseonline.com. That's where you're going to find everything about the show as well as our giveaways. Did you say giveaway? I did. Uh, we need a lot more cowbell, babe. Cowbell. What's the deal? Uh, are, are you sure that was sounding okay? I'll be honest, fellas, it was sounding great, but I could have used a little more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> we will have. That's going to be our, our giveaway sound. We're going to go to the. We're going to go to the cowbell. We're going to go a little Saturday more, Night Live. More cowbell. Little Bruce Dickinson. Little Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> so good so make sure you tune into the next segment because we're going to be talking about that giveaway and it's our mm. first one of the of the new era of around the house with eric g and caroline b so let me we're, hear you we're not say starting that out one small. more time one more time i want to hear you say what around the house with eric g and caroline b well hey let's get to this listener question real quick before we run out of time because we always do she had a bunch of drywall delivered. They had to go up like sets of stairs and all this stuff and didn't really know if she should tip or not. Hmm. And this brings up an interesting question in the home improvement world, because many times with construction materials and stuff like that, you don't know when do I tip? When do I don't tip? Yeah. And especially if they're going up a huge flight of stairs, right? Like they're going up 16 flights of stairs. You might want to. Keep yeah. Going. See, here's, here's my rule. There is not, first off, I'll put a caveat here. Rarely is a contractor going to tip any delivery person other than pizza or Chinese. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're rarely going to deliver to tip that delivery person in the trades because it's just not common practice. Now, if that driver hooked them up and wasn't supposed to take those cabinets and put them inside the garage, or they were supposed to only put them in the garage and they distribute them out to the rooms. Yeah, you might see a guy throw a 20 at the guy or something like that or or say, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a pitcher tomorrow. That might happen. We have that happen with dehumidifiers, but, Eric. Because like a lot of times the company will just drop it off, but the consumer wants it in the garage and they'll throw them yep. an extra 25, 50 bucks just to bring it into the basement. They're not supposed to do that. You didn't hear that from me. You did not hear that on Around the House, but exactly. it does happen. <laughs> It does. Well, and so that's the key is really making sure you understand it. Like many times the companies that are contracted, like with Home Depot, Lowe's and those guys, it's against policy for them to take tips 
and that could hmm. actually put their job in jeopardy. So you have to be careful with some of this stuff because some of those guys, they've got cameras on the trucks. You know, you just don't know what's going on. So you could actually, if you made a big deal out of it, put their job in jeopardy. So be careful. The last thing you want to do is be doing them a favor and be hurting them. No, they can. They can definitely get it into trouble. Yeah. So just make sure you you know what you're doing. If they're if they're hooking you up and they're going that extra mile, then yeah, show those show those people some love and that's okay. But uh <laughs> most to all delivery drivers of products like that um are not expecting a tip, especially on a job site. It's just not gonna happen. And you can also offer them a drink, right? I always offer my contractors something to drink. Do you want lunch? You know, there are things you can do that are not always money and show you care. Exactly. You know, a cold thing of water in the summertime, a cold bottle of water can do them uh, a lot of good. And you know something? You're not violating any of their company policies while doing it. Well, Caroline, I wanted to talk about something that, I mean, if I even look over my shoulder at the dangerous stuff in my Mm. studio right here, and hold on, I'm going to grab it. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, God. All the dangerous stuff that I can have. As I'm oh, holling up a CRC brake clean, clean <laughs> brake parts cleaner. This is the flammable one, but it's the strongest brake clean formula available. And your lungs love you for it. That needs to be stored, not attached to your home. Do not attach oh, that uh, to your home. Oh, this is attached to my home. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, contains tetracycline, carbon dioxide. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's words on here I can't even... <laughs> I can't even pronounce tetracycline. That's an antibiotic. He's obviously yeah. not an indoor air quality professional. Uh, yeah, tetracycline? exactly. There's antibiotics uh, in there. T- oh, tet- oh, sorry. <laughs> Tetrachlorocycline. Yeah, there we go. Hence why you guys rely on me for indoor air quality information. <laughs> Thank you, dear. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's so bad. Well, you know what's even worse, though? That's uh, I'm going to give people a warning out there on this stuff. That stuff there gives off toxic gases if you weld on top of it. Oh my god. If you sit there and you use brake clean to clean a piece of steel and you're going to work on a car or something, mm. if you clean that piece of steel and go, "Oh, it's perfectly clean because it's a great cleaner." Too good. And you go to weld on that, there's about a 50/50 chance you're going to pass out. Oh nice. Not do good not when do you this it. at home, folks. Please do not do this at home. And do not try this at home. So anyway, that's a great example of the stuff. And we're going to run out of time here in a minute. But <laughs> what are some of the other things that are on your hot list? I mean, of course, anything in the garage, the automotive, the the chemicals, the, the lawn yeah. care stuff is always bad for you. But what are some of your hot buttons? So, you know, I have obviously test homes for a living. And so anything that you store, any kind of product, it could be a green product, it could be laundry detergent, it could be something petroleum-based that you're using around the house. All of those things continue to outgas. Those bottles that Eric was just showing you are not sealed. So you've got to really be conscious when you are storing all these things that they're getting into the environment. So you're not hermetically sealed. Your garage is part of your home. So if you store stuff there, it's getting pulled in through negative pressure and, you know, you're getting stuff throughout the house. So be cautious. Have a shed. I like to have things outside in a place away, away from, you know, the family ongoings in the home. Gotcha. So any of those chemicals, where whether it's yard care, garage, even your household cleaners should not be inside your house, correct? Correct. And we, we try, you know, and if you are going to store stuff, you got to do it in moderation. Because we pick it up on air samples all the time. And then it's really easy to accumulate high levels of carcinogens without even knowing it. Wow. That is wild. 
That is wild. So I'm, uh, yeah, my garage here. I'm looking around. I'm, um, yeah, this is not good. I better put that out in the shed. I, it looks like I got some moving around to do. Yeah, we'll we'll get him. We'll get him safe. <laughs> That's what he's got me for. Caroline, now. we're running out of time. Thank you so much for joining on this first hour, the first episode, the episode one of this. And Excited people, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to lose track of time here because this next episode is going to be epic as well. And we've got a great giveaway. So don't give turn away. that he dial. He said it again. He said it. Give away. All right, everybody. We'll be right back. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you're listening to Around, Around the, house. the House. Come on. There. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.